Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone had an amazing Christmas. Do, 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 We are in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Read down the KJV. It is December 26, 2023. We have only exactly this year. One, two, three, four, five, six more days in this year. And I want to turn to 2024. Take a quick little sip of water before we get started. Forgives sin. Again and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. It's an interesting choice of words there. It was noised, or I guess it was announced that Jesus is in the house. <laughs> and straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Who can forgive sins but God only? It's amazing. Like, this is why I always kind of just whittle down. Like, when people tell me they're different religions and whatever they believe, I'm like, it just comes down to two ways of life, ways of ways of thinking. Either you believe Jesus is God. And all the things that come with God, deity, yeah. Either Jesus was and is God, right? He was and is and is to come. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's the third part. Jesus is the third part of the Trinity, right? It's like the Trinity, once again, is beyond man's understanding. But there's this whole belief. There's this whole oneness doctrine out there. It gets pretty deep but all right <laughs> the one is doctrine just basically believes they like jesus only like they don't believe in the trinity so anyway let me take that back so there's either you believe that jesus yeah was the third part of the trinity father son holy spirit and he is he is divine he was fully god fully man So you either believe that or you don't, yeah, you don't believe that. You believe that he was just 
a mere man who did some great things on earth. You know, so because like, yeah, Jehovah Witnesses believe that the, the Mormons believe that the Muslims believe that a whole gate of folks. Anyone who just says that they're the new, the new thing is just people just saying they're spiritual and they're talking about energies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The universe. Oh, there's a car. I got it. Unplug it and plug it back in. It's only at 177 miles. Taco Bell is open. The Burger King is closed. The Minsky's closed. Everything over here is closed except the Taco Bell, pretty much. Even the gas station. The convenience store is closed. Anyway, yeah. I'm gonna turn this heat on, y'all. Uh, so, y'all can go do research on all this stuff. But, yeah, I always whittle it down to, like, do you believe that Jesus is God? Or the third part of the Trinity? He was fully God, fully man? Or you didn't, you just, he was just a mere man, right? Or there's a whole group that doesn't even believe that, they think it was all made up, it's all fairy tales. Just categorizing just to either believe in Jesus or you don't. And you believe for him as your Lord and Savior, or you don't. I have lots of grace for folks because, you know, it's a little bit easier for me because I grew up in a Christian home. So this stuff kind of. But even then, like everyone always say has to come to these realizations through personal experience. Through their own encounter with the Lord. So anyway. So here we are. We got the Pharisees over here. And they're saying, why don't this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Verse 8. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. Insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We... We, or sorry, I had to turn off the lights. They turn on after I, anyway, got distracted. Where was I? I lost my spot. Verse 11, and say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all. 
insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And he went forth again by the sea aside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and saith, said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Eats with sinners. So, and it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? This is one of the most misquoted, misunderstood descriptions in the Bible. Because people like, you know, use this as an excuse to just like hang out with people that are just out here straight up wild and have no relationship with Jesus Christ, living a life of sin on the road, on the road to on the path of destruction, right? And I say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Here we go. Verse 17, when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast and they come and say unto him, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast? But thy disciples fast not. All right, I, I didn't finish that. So. Y'all wrestle with y'all read your own read the Bible for yourselves. Talk to God, have a conversation with him. Do research on this, read different commentaries, pray and ask God about this. All I know is when I've hung around people who aren't Christians, I I'm not yeah, my number one rebuttal to that when people say, "Well, Jesus hung around sinners," I'm like, "But you're not Jesus." <laughs> We're called to be like Jesus. Last time I checked, we're like sheep, and sheep are dumb. Every scripture I've ever heard, all the scriptures that refer to Christians like followers of Jesus is like sheep. Sheep are dumb animals. We tend to do what we see other people doing. I know for myself, when I hung around non-Christians, I, like, if they drank, I started to drink. If they smoke, I started to smoke. If they were fornicating, I eventually started fornicating. And this goes on for online, too. I got to be careful. I'm preaching to myself here on this because, like, on TikTok, yeah, it's so easy to get sucked back into, like, that old world, that old way of living that you used to live. And, like, even the music. Like, oof. I was on TikTok last night, and I was in this girl's broadcast, and I started reminiscing about songs I used to like, old school music old school love songs and I don't know no I do know those songs take you take me back to a time when I was not really following Jesus like that and <clears throat> when it says the Bible says take ye lest you fall what scripture is that so I'm not just I know I'm not just misquoting something. Take heed. Blessed he fall. 
First Corinthians ten twelve says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks so that he stands take heed lest he fall. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. Alright, I'm going to read. Because. Alright, I'm going to read some commentary from gotquestions.org on this. I'm going to read the whole thing, too, because it's good. Because um, this this is a thing, yeah, a lot. I've heard a lot of people talk about this. Like, oh, um, yeah, Jesus ate with sinners. So that means I can, too. All right. <clears throat> so what does it mean? This is from GodQuestions.org. What does it mean to take heed lest you fall? 1 Corinthians 10, 12. The Apostle Paul understood the value of learning from the past. In 1 Corinthians 10, he highlighted events from Israel's history to provide examples of spiritual realities and warn against sin. Paul wanted his readers to learn just as Israel had discovered that spiritual pride is a powerful deceiver and self-reliance is a great reducer. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands like take heed lest he fall. Take heed is an expression that means to watch carefully, be careful, be vigilant, or be on the lookout. The word stands in verse 12. The word stands in verse 12 refers to holding one's ground, being steadfast, or remaining firm in one's position. Paul conveys the idea of a person who thinks he's standing firm in the faith, but in reality is overly confident and self-deceived. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall, says 1 Corinthians 10, 12 in the NIV. So, all right, I'm going to keep reading. The apostle Peter famously boasted on his death, defying dedication to Christ. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and death, he said in Luke 22, verse 33. Jesus' reply was sobering. I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me in other words take heed peter lest you fall a few minutes later jesus tells peter james and john watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation take heed lest you fall is a warning to those in the church who are convinced of their own righteousness these people should be careful as they may instead be poised to fall just as the israelites sinned in the desert god was displeased with the hebrew people because of their overconfidence lack of dependence on him and the evil cravings in their heart therefore their bodies were scattered in the wilderness ouch that's first corinthians 10 verse 5 through 10 the writer of hebrews gave a similar admonition take care brothers lest there be any of you any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 
These scriptures are not to be understood as proof texts for the notion that we can lose our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I was waiting for that. Because once again, this is another example. I've heard this. My church, this is one of my biggest kind of beefs with my church right now. Um, I mentioned you talk to leadership about it. <clears throat> about Christians falling away and losing their salvation. If you are truly a Christian and you truly gave your life to Christ, I personally believe that you can't lose your salvation. Now you can fall away like as far as like walking away. It's almost like it almost like it's like a runaway. Like when it talks about he leaves the ninety nine to go after the one, you can definitely be like you God can't force you to be in his family. He can't force you to even come home for the holidays, right? If you want to be away, you're going to be away, right? It doesn't mean that you're not part of the family if you get if you truly give your life to Jesus, right? Anyway, let me just keep reading. These scriptures are not to be understood as proof text for the notion that we can lose our salvation. Instead, they speak of those who might think they are saved, yet in truth might not be. Mm. Wow. So there are a group of people that think they're saved, but they're not really saved. Jesus himself cautioned, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never do you away from me, you evildoers. That's Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 through 23. That's one of the scariest verses in the Bible. Paul warned that just as the Israelites faced trials in the wilderness, so too would New Testament believers encounter hardships and tests in this world. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and god is faithful he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you are tempted he will show you a way out so that you can endure that's first corinthians ten thirteen. sometimes we feel like our individual struggles are unique to unique or beyond anyone else's ability to grasp but scripture says trials are common to man however he who calls you is faithful says first first thessalonians 5 be 24 verse Chapter 5, verse 24. Also, you can look at 1 Corinthians 1, 9 and 1 Corinthians chapter 18. We can rely on the Lord to provide a way of escape or the strength to endure the test. He knows what we can and cannot handle. Often the way out are, there might have been 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I don't know. Y'all go just read. Go, go read for First Corinthians. This is the whole book. Because I don't think there's 18 chapters in First Corinthians. Is there? Anyway, we'll look that up later. Y'all go look that up. How many chapters in First Corinthians? Anyway, often the way out is simply to stand up under the test while God works to strengthen and mature our faith. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. That's James chapter one, verses two through four. 
One difference between true and false believers is that God keeps his own from falling away. He will bring them with great joy into his glorious eternal presence. Jesus is the vine in whom we must abide. Because of his death on the cross and resurrection to life, we are positionally secure. In Jesus Christ alone, we stand firm. Hmm, interesting. One difference between true and false believers is that God keeps his own from falling away. All right, so that's why I struggle with that statement. He keeps his own from falling away. Then where does the prodigal son fit within all this? Jude, so the scriptures they quote are Jude one twenty four, John fifteen one through seventeen, first Peter one three chapter one verse three through twelve, Romans chapter four verse twenty five, Romans five verse one through two, and then John ten twenty eight. Anyway, all right, we like the Corinthians can learn from the past. Paul's caution to take heed lest ye fall caused believers of every generation to avoid becoming overconfident in our own spiritual merit. The only way to stand firm in the faith is to be born again of God's spirit. John chapter three, verse one through eight. Through faith in Jesus Christ and depend wholly on his saving grace to keep us from falling. Romans six twenty three, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Interesting. All right, so there you go. And when, all right, let's go back to verse 16 in Mark chapter 2. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So unless you are helping these sinners that you're hanging around with like telling them about jesus and leading them to jesus and calling them to repentance then you don't you feel strong enough to do that you most likely should not be hanging around non-christians like that it is for real for real snowing out here i think i'm gonna go home Verse 18, and the disciples of John and the, the Pharisees used the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast? But they thy disciples fast not. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. No man also saw... This is this scripture... I don't know. I need to read more commentary on this, because I kind of get confused. Like, I don't know. I... So, the whole point of fasting is to draw closer to the Lord. Like it, it grows your intimacy with Jesus, right? At least that's how I understand fasting, the point of fasting, right? So when I read this, he's saying, I, with, with that being said, I read this to believe that he's saying like, you'll, when, the, when I go home, when I go to heaven, 
right? And I just leave my Holy Spirit there during this time of like waiting on Jesus to return again. <sighs> Testing trials, all that before we enter to heaven, right? I take that to believe he's saying like, yeah, you're going to want to fast because you'll realize like, no, nothing satisfies us the way Jesus does. Like when Jesus said, my food, and when they said, Jesus, why don't you eat something? He's like, my food is to do the will of my father. I have food, this like, basically this spiritual food, heavenly food that you all don't know of yet. Um. Anyway. Verse 21, no man, I need to read some more on this. Verse 21, no man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. All right, in the cornfields, and it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold. Is this thing not charging anymore? What? Hold on a second, y'all. This thing ain't charging. I've been sitting here this whole time. I don't think this thing has been charging. Ah, for the second round. Get some food before if anything is open. Go home. I'm so over this car now. I need to give me a gas car, man. <laughs> oh, I need to call it. It's mine. Like, hey, I need a gas car. This, 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 this electric stuff ain't working. I can't do it no more. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never heard, read what David did when he had need and was in hunger? He and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto him, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is Lord also of the Sabbath. All right, all right, let me get going. That's a good word. Take heed lest ye fall. I'll holler. <laughs> 